What up, what up, y'all? My name is Kel. My name is Anna. And you're tuned to Cognac, Cupcakes, and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities, and there's a whole lot today. Okay. (laughs) In short, it is a vibe, y'all. <laughs> a whole yes, vibe. And yes. it's more than a vibe because, no, it's not even more. It is more than a vibe, yes. But it's an even bigger vibe because it is National Women's History Month. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So as you heard from the opening track, you know, we're celebrating Black women of all kinds. Um, as, You know, we're celebrating women of all kinds, but especially Black women because, you know, that's, black. that's what we are, you know, we and um. You know, as someone eloquently said on a podcast that I heard earlier this week, you know, when white people tend to complain or people of other races may try to point out, oh, when you do something that's all black and it's like, "Mm, that's racist or on the higher end. Oh, I wish it was a little more diverse and had a little more inclusion. As Kel is one to always talk about creating spaces, we are creating a space or holding space for black women because we are often excluded and not included and not diversified into y'all per y'all little pools and circles. So exactly. I am no that's one new thing for me in 2021. Now that somebody has explained it, I'm like, you're right. And I'm not gonna apologize no more. Right. That. I'm creating right. space. Exactly. So. And I feel like, you know what, to just to speak on that a little bit more, I agree that I think that this time that we're in right now, more than ever, people are trying to create space for all people of color. I, I'm going to say all people of color. I know earlier this morning, I had a great conversation with my homegirl. Shout out to technology failing me mm-hmm. the entire day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. we were talking about like the new, not the new Negro, but like almost in a sense, the new Negro, like mm-hmm. they, we have created our own term, like that chief officer of diversity and inclusion that oh, yeah, has yeah, never yeah. existed ever yeah. before. And now yeah. we're just out here, like recruiting everybody that's, you know, black, brown or others <laughs> <laughs> to make these spaces. So I'm just shout out to all of y'all. Just yeah. a shout out. Shout it out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for those who probably didn't understand the words that <laughs> was being saying in the opening track is La Negra Tene Tumbao, which means that black girl has spice or that black girl is spicy, however you want to, you know, uh, translate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, me and Kel are definitely some spice girls uh, <laughs> in our yeah. own right. And we'll, this episode, we'll be talking about some other spicy ladies because, you know, it's Women's History Month and we're going to be interviewing. We'll get into this a little later in the show, um, giving detail, but we'll be interviewing some other spicy Black women that are well on their way to making history of their own right. But um, this episode, we just wanted to keep it light and fun and just kind of highlight a few women that we think... Um, made an impact on us personally, but obviously made an impact and made history already. Right. And they black. So <laughs> it's, 
it's March. What are they, they was calling it? Um, Black History March. <laughs> That's what because yeah. of <laughs> we, we extended it. Like yeah. first off, we needed more than just twenty eight days. Right. It's already disrespectful that you gave us the shortest month of the year. Yes, but you know we're gonna go ahead and extend that on. We're gonna keep being great. We're still gonna be magical, and y'all are still gonna catch all these vibes. Yes, vibes. Yes, yes. You know, vibes. I am agua down today. There's no cognac. There was no cupcake, but there was cookies and cream ice cream, which I just devoured in a small cup, small cup, uh, with a little splash of Ghirardelli um, (laughs) caramel syrup, because you got to have two tablespoons to reach the um, serving size, which is a hundred. And I definitely, I just drizzled. Is that chocolate or is that caramel? This is the salted caramel. Oh, yeah. I bet so you that was on the wrong. cookies and cream. Yes. I had the uh, Van Llewellyn um, cookies and cream ice cream that I get from Whole Foods. This is not an ad, but chat. <laughs> that, you know, cookies and cream is a special type of ice cream. And if you are a connoisseur of that type of ice cream, you know, like when the cookies are hitting in the ice cream and when the the there's still bits mixed around it's not just straight vanilla and a cup right. of crunches of cookies now nah, it's like it's just melded in you know yeah. and that's what that ice cream is like so i i be having to limit myself to like a one-fourth cup because girl trying to drop some pounds you know it's, it's actually a little easier than than one may think because i just be putting it in this little cup here uh-huh, this little cup uh-huh. is nine ounces but I don't even feel it all the way because it's like shavings. I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm going into food too no, much. That's, that's what we do, though. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I had a friend of mine who she her her husband had ate some of her food, mm-hmm. and she was like, I, "I didn't know who else to call, so I called you because I know that you understand." <laughs> And I was like, no, I get it. You know, yeah. she's like, because I, I be hearing how y'all talk about it on CCC. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I know you get what I'm saying when yeah. you go to get that butter cake with the <laughs> caramel. Mm, I haven't had it too long. I know. Butter cake? I know. Whoo, if y'all ain't never had no butter cake from um, CPK, California Ooh. Pizza Kitchen. Also, Maestro's, Mastro's, however you say it. Mastro's has a really nice one, too, with some, like... I think it's strawberries. I don't think it's raspberries, but and then the other place that has it is Del Frisco. That's where she got it from, Del Frisco. She was pissed, and I was like, "Girl, you have every right to be. You have every right to be." Yeah, that's one of the high end ones. Yeah, exactly. I'd be pissy too. (laughs) When we when it when outside is warmer. We will be making that'll be on the list. I'm, I'm with it. Places because they got a nice happy hour and we can finish ourselves. Oh, they do. With Del- oh. Yes. I've never been to Del Frisco, so I'm excited about trying this. Yeah, I've been girl, hearing about it for a while. A couple times. I think I went for my birthday once too, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think you were with your parents. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the outside was open. Get to that in the R and R because clearly some states think it already is. So, but before we get there, let's go into this motivational moment, my dear. And I like your your little silky vibes are matching your um, headphones. You got Ah. the rose gold. Yeah, didn't even do it intentionally, (laughs) but thank you. Yeah. So this week's uh, motivational moment is our one of our faves. She's you know the bad girl, the new bad girl of R&B, hip-hop-ish, I don't even know what, pop. 
She's like all three. Yeah, yeah you're right. All you're three. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. She has taken over the fashion industry, the makeup industry. Like she has just, she's so bomb. So this whole entire month, we will be highlighting women who are just doing the damn thing. And the first woman is Rihanna. Mm-hmm. So Rihanna's quote is, there's something so special about a woman who dominates in a man's world. It takes a certain grace, strength, intelligence, fearlessness, and the nerve to never take no for an answer. So let's take notes, people. We're taking notes so that we can make sure that we are always fearless. Grace, have grace, have strength, have intelligence. Mm -hmm. Let's just embrace it all. Yes, yes, and celebrate it, yes. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into this R&R. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You gotta be equally yoked with both. So, as many of you may by now have heard, um, Texas and Mississippi, actually now, too. Uh, who knows within the next few hours if Alabama and whatever other state may join me. You know, Florida is probably up on the list, too. Um, <laughs> but Texas was the first to say that they are going to open up Texas 100%. Uh, the governors of Texas and Mississippi both announced um, today, Tuesday, that they, well, actually Tuesday. So this was yesterday because today's Wednesday. Um, they would be lifting their mask mandates and rolling back many of their COVID-19 health mandates. Uh, ma- so Eric told me that Biden said that. And I was like, that's fake news. They ain't doing that. They really doing that. Yeah, but it wasn't Biden. It was the governors of Texas and um, Mississippi. So Texas Governor Greg Abbott, um, you know, who isn't far behind that asshole uh, that was in Cancun the other day, <laughs> who's the senator, but um, Ted Cruz. Uh, it is now time to open up Texas 100 percent. Um, COVID is not has not suddenly disappeared. Uh, he said, but the state mandates are no longer needed. And shortly after that, that's when uh, Governor Tate Reeves announced that he would be ending Mississippi's statewide mask mandate. Uh, he said, our hospitaliz- hospitalizations and case numbers have plummeted and the vaccine is being rapidly distributed. It is time. <laughs> what a f- what in the Mufasa? Nigga. <laughs> Is it because they finally found a way to like make money off of the virus? Either way, I don't know. Was that Rafiki or my No, I think it was. It was Rafiki. Okay, Rafiki. What in the Rafiki? Okay, I I am so you know. (laughs) So, um, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky strongly cautioned against the rollback. So, in case y'all are wondering, is like you know the presidential team down with this. They're not. Um, in fact, Joe Biden called them Neanderthals, <laughs> <laughs> saying they're doing Neanderthal things. Um, and Walensky said, please hear me clearly. At this level of cases with variants spreading, because that's the key, the variants are still spreading in different countries and all over. Why? Because just like Explain, Netflix Explain show said, Just like they said, the key to achieving immunity across the board is going to be getting vaccines, not just for the rich countries, but for all countries, for all equality. And, you know, white people don't give a damn or rather nobody outside of themselves. They don't give a damn. 
you know, well, I should say not all white people, because we have some white listeners, some white um, allies. So, you know, we ain't talking about y'all, you know, people that happen to be white, as Amanda Seals says. Right, right. (laughs) We're not talking about y'all. But we know that the powers that be don't give a damn about anybody else. So this is why there's people in um, super, like, black densely populated areas white people showing up with uh, like three grannies like my my father-in-law just told me this they showing up to black pop um densely populated areas to get their vaccines and why because they couldn't get a a, a you know a an appointment where they live so they're gonna go to come to where we live they're gonna go to baltimore they're gonna go to pg county they're going to go to all those different places where we struggling to even live when we get this vaccine and they're taking their they're taking up all the vaccines that we have that we actually have access to and you know there's some black people that don't even have access to drive to a rural area so they got to go where they live and here you come with your three grandmas in the back of your passenger van you know so exactly and that's a true story so <laughs> So, um, yeah, the fight is far from order over, um, Biden said, though we celebrate the news. I urge all Americans to please keep washing your hands, stay socially distanced and wear masks. Um, and there was news that uh, Kel shared with me that there will be enough vaccines for all adult Americans, I believe it is, um, in May. And so that doesn't mean that everybody will be vaccinated, of course. Though. Right. It just means that they have the supplies. They'll have the supplies, and so it'll be much easier. I know I tried to, when that Brittany sent us that link last night, I definitely tried to get it for my parents, but that's a story I'll tell you offline of the, the you, madness that went on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we, if they're over a certain age, they should have had access to it first. Well, it's 65. Oh, they're not 65. Yeah, they're only, okay. they're like, I forget. They're turning 59, yeah, this year. So they're not even 60 yet, but. They'll they'll be sixty next year, but um, Dennis's parents are over sixty. But even his mom isn't sixty five yet, so it's that group. But you know, did you know that um, there's different health issues that uh, qualify you for it? So my parents qualify for it because <clears throat> they have, higher risk. Yeah, they have health conditions that qualify them for that. But you do you know obesity is one of them. Really, so part of me was like, hmm. Should I book for myself? But I don't know if I'm ready. I was like, maybe I'll just wait like everybody else. I know that. Yeah, Demi- it's not necessarily that we're waiting a long time. We just want to see the side effects of, like, we're trying right. to be responsible about it. Right, right. So there's that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. Um, however, Texas chains, um, like the different chain restaurants, <laughs> scale. <laughs> Girl, man, that's how I feel about chain restaurants, <laughs> but they seem to be willing to adhere to um chain restaurants and looks like just businesses like the targets of the world and and the different grocery stores and stuff like that they plan to encourage uh face covering still because the shit oh, is good weird. good yeah because honestly if i'm being mm-hmm. i'm trying Right. I'm trying to be frank and also trying to be like politically correct okay. <laughs> at the same time. But um I feel like some of our white counterparts don't understand proximity anyway. I hate 
when I'm standing on the line and I can feel you breathing on my neck. It's no mm-hmm. reason that we should be that close. So I'm actually okay with the six distance, six feet distance being a, still a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with wearing a mask because they be nasty. Yeah, like people gonna still wear masks, I think. Um, like it'll be a personal choice now. And I right. hear like, I have not been you know, anywhere really <laughs> since the beginning of the, the, you know, pandemic or Panorama, Panasonic. I love all the different names people are right. calling it, but like, I haven't really been any, I haven't been, not even really, I haven't left Maryland. If I, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've left Maryland since last year, except to, you know, go to the DMV, not Maryland. Right. I haven't <laughs> left the DMV if, uh, you know, off the top of my head. So, um, <laughs> and I've been in like two hotels and that was my wedding night. And then the Valentine's day week that me and Dennis did, that's the only time I, and they both was in the DMV, but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, like I, I just don't see a lot of people. Oh, well, what I've been hearing is that people have been complaining about when they go to Florida or something and you wear a mask down there, they look at you like you're crazy. They actually look at you like how people used to look at people that may have been coming from Korea or Japan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That would wear their mask because they had, and I think I mentioned this on last episode. They had pollution issues, right? Well, no, it was, I think it was for them. They were coming from dealing with SARS. And they they were like covering up, you know, and SARS didn't spread too hardcore over here like it did over there. Um, It still got over here to the U.S., but it wasn't. First of all, it wasn't as deadly and it didn't have as strong of a spreading, um, you know, capability. So but they would they would be wearing their masks all the time on planes and stuff. And like Charlemagne was saying, I feel him on this. He was like, I don't know. After right after this whole pandemic is over, I'm still gonna be wearing a mask on the plane. Yeah, same here. Because the the plane is, I always get sick. Literally, as I've never been a time where I got on a plane and I'd be straight afterwards. I'm always like extra nasally, mm-hmm. runny nose, throat always feels like a tingle. So, mm-hmm. and it's because of recycled air. Like you don't yeah. have fresh air. That's why so, Airborne was com- was created. The the um, really? it was because the planes. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. there it goes. So they they created it because of that whole notion of how people be getting sick on planes. So I I still fully plan to wear my mask. Same but, here. Um, on to more ratchetness. Uh, so it looks like Governor Cuomo has fallen from grace. Oh man, I was so disappointed when I heard yeah, it. That's that, I was like, yeah. hey, we was rooting for you. Yeah, I felt like Tyra. <laughs> rooting for you. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, damn, Governor why you had to go and mess up? It's been <laughs> has been alleged to um, commit a number of sexual harassments on women that worked with him or were, you know, in the same space as him. Three in particular, um, one in particular, and I should find her name. I don't know. I I just wonder why, why you're looking for the name, why people Mm -hmm. do this in the midst of this me too movement that has been happening. Like I'd be like, y'all have to make smarter decisions. That's what my mother-in-law was saying. She was just like, (laughs) 
she was just like, yo, like she didn't say yo, but she was just saying, you know, I'm surprised that he would do something like this at the level that he's at. And I was like, but you know, I think they do that because, because I, I, the stories, I believe it. So um, I think they do that because they think they, that they're so powerful, they won't get in trouble for it. And she also pointed out to me how he has been known, you know, it's been um, part of his, uh, not demeanor, but his reputation to be somebody that like says, if y'all make a hard time for me or not even necessarily to women, to anybody, if you, you know, have to do an investigation on me and you like try to go full force, like I will, you know, you will lose your job and stuff like that. It's Anna Rush is Lindsay um, Boylan. Um, She was the one that suffered the non-consensual kiss, but there were so many other like stories that she told. And one of the stories that she told um, was like, they were at some function and it was like, you know, like back before COVID, you know, you had your little holiday parties and shit like that. So they're at the function. She's working underneath him as uh, economic advisor, to be precise. And um, he, she was already discussing with him because her name was Lindsay, but he would call her Lin- uh, Lisa, I believe it was. And that was his ex-girlfriend's name. And Lindsay apparently looked just like his ex-girlfriend. And people were like, oh my God, you look just like her. Like, so, you know, buying in on the drama. And she was like, that is not my name. You know, he always was coming on to her, you know, saying nasty stuff. So one time that really took it over the edge. She's at the party. He called, he, she gets summoned basically. Like he was staring at her and she was just like, oh my gosh, she tries to get away. She gets summoned to a room with him or an office or whatever. And she goes in there and he's offering her cigars. And he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he was telling her a story about how he got those cigars when he was working in the um, Clinton administration and the year that he referenced was apparently the same year that, you know, Clinton was sleeping with Monica Lewinsky. So he was trying to insinuate some stuff. And apparently those cigars, like, uh, uh, I guess like we were too young to know these details, but one of the stories was that Bill Clinton would um, use the cigar to pleasure uh, Monica Lewinsky. He he used the cigars in her pussy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's some unsanitary shit. So, so use my language. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot for a moment that we were on the podcast, and it was just like a kiki moment. Oh. And he asked her like a series of questions, invasive personal questions, like whether she has had sex with older men. Um, And then, of course, the non-consensual kiss when she was like leaving her office or whatever. Like he kind of just like planted one on her like unexpectedly. Uh, There's also the picture of him asking for if he can kiss this woman at a wedding reception in September 2019. And then um, I know there's like at least one other woman. Um, And so he did apologize today. I was watching the news. He apologized and um, said that he um, didn't know that he he apologized 
for acting in a way that made people feel uncomfortable, but he denied knowing to deny touching anyone inappropriately. And he also denied that he knew that he was making anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, he said, I fully support a woman's right to come forward. And I think it should be encouraged in every way. I now understand that I acted a way that made people feel uncomfortable. It was unintentional. And I truly and deeply apologize for it. I feel awful about it. And frankly, I'm embarrassed. And that's not easy to say. Um, but he is not going to resign. Um, he does fully plan to cooperate with the investigation, but he's saying that, you know, we have basically, we have COVID, we have recovery, we have rebuilding, we are teetering in New York City, we have a terrible financial picture, we have to do vaccines. So no, I'm going to do the job that people, the people of the state elected me to do. Um, But what some folks said to that was that, um, Deborah Katz, Bennett's attorney, uh, issued a statement, which is what Bennett is one of the women that is accusing him of what he did, um, issued a statement Wednesday afternoon slamming the press conference as full of falsehoods and inaccurate information, basically full of bullshit and full of himself. For example, <laughs> um, the part that I wanted to highlight was how he said he didn't know he made anyone feel uncomfortable. She said... Bennett had reported his behavior immediately to the governor's chief of staff and chief of counsel, um, which means it went to HR, a.k.a. (laughs) And from there, her statement was, we are confident that they made him aware of her complaint. And we fully expect that the attorney general's investigation will demonstrate that Cuomo's administration officials failed to act on Ms. Bennett's serious allegations or to ensure that corrective measures were taken in violation of their legal requirements. Um, And I also saw on the news that they basically was like, you know, if you knew, if you obviously got the reports or you was contacted when you was reported, so you knew that you made people feel uncomfortable. This wasn't new. (sighs) I hate to see it, but it is what it is. You know, you... (sighs) People you try to take advantage of situations and sometimes you get caught up. And the more that people start to come out and report, uh, the more numbers that start to teeter in, whether some are true and some aren't, you know, you did it to some of these women or if not all of them. So I just feel like that was a PR blanket answer so that if mm-hmm. after this election period Apologize, is over admit to your wrong but it wasn't even admit to my wrong because he never he never admitted so that's why it's like real vague and open like did he or yeah, didn't because he? He's like, right because i didn't he's know trying that to they were uncomfortable ass. he's trying to save his ass with that part exactly, exactly. that that i didn't know i, I made you uncomfortable that. but i apologize if i did Kind of right, that hollow exactly. ass apology. So narcissistic behaviors. <laughs> yes, and I, and then, and then there's been plenty of people to say that you know even in investigations and stuff that like I said earlier that he threatens their jobs and their livelihood. So he you said know? like it's a public statement that he. <laughs> no, it's behind closed doors. Okay, okay, I was like so. Oh, uh, no. And then, you know, you saw what happened with apparently some of that was going on even when they were investigating him or while and while they were working with him while he was doing that shit with the um, nursing homes. So that he was already getting reported for stuff like that. And now that's come out. 
to the public. So, you know. But you know what? At the end of the day, he's the reason he's going to get away with it because of the society that we live in. If Trump is able to get away from grabbing females by the, the, the P word that I accidentally said earlier, then you know for sure he's going to get away with forcing a kiss or whatever in a other, you know, inappropriate behavior that these women are um, alleging that he did. He's going to get away with it. To, or rather to add to what you said, the fact that they, they up here talking about there's an alleged attack that's being planned for tomorrow and they, they finishing up Congress, like the stuff they were going to vote on into next week, they finishing up tonight, staying late tonight so they could finish and so they won't be there for the alleged attack. I'm like, yo, if that joint ain't ain't got tanks around it tomorrow, that just further completes or or adds to the narrative of the power that, you know, like you're saying, yes, curl. <laughs> yes, flip. I think hair flip. Uh, Kel's multitasking over right. there. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that just further adds to it, and it's just sickening because you know we could we could just be protesting about you know wanting to stay alive, staying alive, right. staying alive. Right. We can't even stay alive without y'all trying to kill us for asking y'all to let us stay alive. That's a word. <laughs> but these people trying to storm the Capitol again or do whatever new. Oh, that's what that's, that's the attack that you're talking about? Yeah. The, oh, the, I have, um, I'm like so away from you, so give me the, the tea. Well, girl, I just got oh, like I just got the tea pulled up today. I sat in front of CNN <laughs> mm-hmm. while I was, you know, cutting up these little crabs so I can have a salad and shrimp. Um, because you know, like we said, we're trying to lose this weight. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, breaking up my crab and stuff in front of the TV watching CNN, and I got all the tea. But apparently, yeah, there's like been talks um that they're going to that they've been planning another um probably a revolt or whatever they want to say, pro demonstration, protest, whatever, however they want to phrase it. For what? Um, like, what else are you mad about? <laughs> it's still Trump. It's still Trump and it's still Trump. He, what are they mad? Like, he he wasn't indicted. Like, the charges went nowhere. We could, why are you mad? <laughs> because, he, because of um, Biden being president. It's still not real to them. It's still fake. It's still fake news. Fucking idiots. Anyway, moving on, child. Um, oh, so another person that real, I'm going to just highlight this real quick, and then I want to get to something that me and Kel been beasting to talk to y'all about, <sighs> Mr. Chris and Paige. But, um, you know, T.I., we did talk about him earlier uh, last month about the allegations that him and Tiny had against him. Um, and them about allegedly drugging and kidnapping women and tra- trafficking them, basically, uh, to, you know, fulfill their sexual desires. And I guess maybe others. I don't know. But um, so we talked about that. And apparently more and more women are coming out. I don't know the number. Y'all can Google that for yourself. But now they got a new um, attorney involved uh, along with Lisa Bloom. Um, his name is uh something Tyrone or Tyrone 
something. A black man? Uh, yes, a black man. Let me see. A uh, new attorney. Let me go ahead and Google it. But he's involved now uh, in the cases against. I heard that they wasn't letting T.I. do that new. Um, I guess he was. And I didn't see Ant-Man versus Wasp, but apparently he yes. was in that movie. Yes. Yes. Apparently, so. Um, oh, his name is Tyrone Blackburn. Why did that name sound so familiar? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like like a lawyer from from Power or something. Yeah, it do. It do sound like a character. <laughs> a lot of people was like, "What a Negro name!" Right. <laughs> but he says that um, he's a New York based attorney, and he's claimed more than thirty women from various states contacted him, accusing the rapper and his wife. Um, of abuse. And so these cases are going back as long as 15 years ago. Um, And I'm not sure how long Tiny and T.I. have been married, but it's probably about that time period. Not to say they weren't, you know, probably doing some of this prior to being married. I'm sure they were. Because they were together in a relationship for a long time before they were married. And I don't know, Tiny gives me that freaky vibe that be... Well, yeah, she do. She, I mean, her, and it's funny because Candy be on that tip too. Um, and this is this is the thing because that just made me think about something. Remember when Portia said that? Um, what's her name? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's what I was like. Well, I think a lot of people about to be exposed. Woo! <laughs> you know, t- Tiny and um, Candy cut from the same cloth. So all these allegations, it's going to be real interesting. And, and you know, I, I, I just, the more and more stories that start to come out, I'm like, yeah. I mean, if they did it to one woman, it's wrong. But to to hear all the rest of these stories coming out, I'm like, yeah. And a lot of them sound the same. And sure, they could be biting off of each other. But some there's always some truth to a lie. So even if there is a lift, and the fact that it's multiple people, I feel like if, and I understand, like you said, that it could be biting off of someone's stories, but most of the time, if it's more than one person, it definitely has a little truth to it. Everybody can't be lying after a while. Right. You know, like like, everybody's not out to get you. Right, exactly. And that's how T, I'm disappointed because I saw T.I.'s little video when he was walking in the woods cussing up a storm about it all and stuff. And I actually was starting to be like, oh, well, maybe they did. I was being gullible. But yeah, shortly after that, the more and more stories that came out, it's like, yeah, y'all did that. And, you know, I know we first was talking about quaaludes and stuff, (laughs) like, you know, people take a drug and forget and all that. But I'm just like, I don't, I think sometimes it's hard for me to understand why people lie. I think that's it at its core. Like, I mean, he has plenty of motive to lie. Because <laughs> he's going to lose a lot. He already yeah. starting to lose a lot. They right. lose, they, so the show, um, T- Tiny and T.I. Family Hustle, that's on pause now, the production of that show. They probably going to change it to another name and, instead of this. Honestly, they should have showed it and then just not recorded that part. And that way it will build his character as a family man if they were really thinking smartly. I no, would, oh, I don't I think would it was up to it. them. It was VH1. 
that cut it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, not them. Well, well. (laughs) And then, like you said, the Ant Man thing, and and some, and apparently other little, you know, business dealings that they had going on. So I don't know if he's still doing his podcast, but either way, expeditiously, (laughs) Uh, that ass about to be. Cannot. Yes. <laughs> so we will have to see what happens with that. But prayers to all those involved. Um, and the truth comes to light. No matter what, y'all. Truth comes to light. Um y'all know y'all grandmama told y'all that. Like, why y'all faking like y'all don't know this? Right, right. Like, I man, couldn't be me. But um, so Let's go ahead. Speaking of couldn't be me, dog, and I can full confidence. We got to do just a quick little deep dive into Married at First Sight. So we're going to try and do this as fast as possible. Basically, there is a couple that is on Married. If you don't know about Married at First Sight, Google it just for the sake of time. But there's a show called Married at First Sight on Lifetime. And, you know, it's pretty explanatory by the name. And one of the couples on this new season that's set in ATL, and this is from, um, probably was filmed last year during COVID. Um, This one couple, uh, Chris and Paige. (laughs) Paige is a voluptuous, beautiful, dark-skinned Black woman. And I only give those details because of what, you know, I'm going to explain that the fuckery that's going on. And Chris is uh, like a brown skin, average looking dude. Very average to me. What you got the little tapered haircut and, you know, you use a little foam brush to curl, whatever. <laughs> like he is very average to me. Apparently he was a former um, pastor and now he's a businessman and he is, um, I, I, I don't know if he's a millionaire or whatever, but he, he has money, you know, um, I don't think it's much money to write home about because after that video you sent me with all them up in the uh, McCormick and Schmitz and that's how he chose to propose to his ex-girl. What money do you have? Like you couldn't go all out. You went and you did that 2020, February, 2020. This wasn't even like before people started doing like hype ass stuff like to to propose to their chicks. This is when everybody was doing it. Right. It was the height of it. Yeah, you easily could have hired some. Anyway, anyway, you chose to have everybody in the family at dinner have this little video that you probably pieced together to put on YouTube of y'all engagement. Bless y'all hearts. But anyway, I say all that to say, yes, you heard me say that he proposed to a chick in February of 2020. I think that was the date. And from there... They broke up and he's on married at first sight later in the year. <laughs> so still don't know why they broke up unless you know, Kel, why they broke up. So I do, but I don't want that to mess up what you going to say. Okay. All right. So we'll, so we'll reference it. it back. Well, they broke up. He gets on um, married at first sight. He goes through this whole, there's a process that you have to go through. Um, you know, where they, you know, basically uh, screen you and make sure you're available, blah, blah, blah. I was saying to Dennis, I wonder if they test them for STDs. But anyway, 
because they be some of them <laughs> on ham and, and be sleeping with each other the first night and and you know it is what it is so so sometimes the the attraction is there and they they like hey we married we's married now so let's do it no condom clearly when they got married that's what they did but he took the time <laughs> not even not even just then when they got married he told her friends that he wasn't attracted to her. That was like above everything else that was starting to turn me off about him. That was the first time that I was like, oh, he's done. He's done. You're not going to sit there and tell my my best friends, my bridesmaids, that you're not attracted to me and feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. Bold. You real bold. Like I, I don't want her friends to do I a little more. Me. You gonna talk to me like I don't? You gonna talk about me like I'm this ugly duckling that like like the it just exuded like mm, yeah I feel comfortable saying this about her because she's lucky to to be in my presence like to have a, a dude like me so yeah I'm not really attracted to her about you know I'm gonna give this a chance oh you gave it a chance all right that night y'all went back to the hotel y'all went back to the telly and y'all did the thing and did it twice unprotected unprotected <laughs> y'all drinking so the fact, <laughs> girl i had to like swallow my um mm-hmm. dragon fruit <laughs> that would be good with some hennessy in it i mean not hennessy um some some cognac but yeah go yes. ahead <laughs> but no like I, <laughs> I i feel a way about even yes the fact that he said that in front of the friends but i feel like the friends should have went a little bit harder Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, all those red flags that they were seeing, and they know that they saw it because you could see it on their faces. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yep. Black people, we can't really hide our emotions that well. <laughs> so it, you know, we, we you get the blanks there. You get the what? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, when I say what, you you hear the tone and inflection of my voice, so you already know what my face looks like. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I just feel like why they didn't pull sis to the side like sis, nah. That's yeah. not it. Yeah, because someone definitely did that for um, the other girl, which we won't even talk about her from New Orleans. They did that for the girl from New Orleans that was with um, the progressive man, as he called it. What was that couple's name again? I forgot. Yeah. But then they ended up together in the end, and everybody was like, oh, shit. Like, they actually worked out. <laughs> but <laughs> it don't seem like that's what's going to happen with this couple. So let's keep the story moving along. Mm-hmm. They head out to Vegas on their little trip. They get out there. He tells her that he doesn't feel, you know, he ain't feeling her. He didn't get her no breakfast. He don't feel like he's attracted to her again. Then, and she's just like, but you, you we've been fucking nonstop, you know? <laughs> and she, and this woman is a woman of virtue because she has the patience of a, of a first grade teacher. She really does. Nah, her patience is better than the first girl. She has the patience <laughs> of a terrible two that's not potty trained. Mm, that's what yes, the patience perfect. that she has. With colic. Yeah. <laughs> With colic. <laughs> I had colic. So I know what you mean. I don't remember it, but my mom lets me know. She reminds me you were that, type of baby. <laughs> that I was that baby with the colic, okay? Nobody got time <laughs> for that. When it's my turn that I'm going to have a baby with colic, <laughs> the way she describes it. 
Okay. But anyway, no. And, and part of that is because she wants to be loved by this guy. And I really think like, maybe he's really her type, you know, like I'm, I'm just like, dog, like if I was, you know, in another universe, of course, if I had a chance with somebody that I was really attracted to, but like seemed unattainable, like a Drake or something like that. And he, we wait. You're giving him too much. I know. know. Girl, like even, listen, listen. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, see, what you're not going to do is disrespect me or try to play with me. Like, it's not that deep. First of all, he ain't even buying her a bunch of stuff. But I'm just trying to set the scenario. Like, if it was Wale and... (laughs) Y'all were on married at first sight and you have this opportunity to be married to him. And he's not even that. Chris is not even that. Like that that's the thing. But I'm just like trying to understand her psyche of why she's trying so hard to make this work with this fool. Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. It gotta be that. No value, no self-worth. He's manipulating her because what we haven't gotten to yet, y'all, is that he tells her that same day that he found out some bad news and he's dragging it, dragging it. Like you, he, she's just like, why can't you tell me? I thought he had herpes. Okay. People that was watching my Instagram stories when I was posting it, I was just like on the edge of my seat, like, oh, he got herpes. Cause like the way he's sizing this, it's not just a baby. It's something else. Well, it was just a baby, but it was a baby by the, the last ex. Well, apparently he said it was his ex fiance that he went and saw, he went to Chicago, saw her when her father died six weeks prior, which is during the process that we aforementioned that we mentioned beforehand they slept together unprotected and she's pregnant she didn't know about this this show that he was on quote unquote bunny ears now fast forward back to them being in vegas she's pissed but then they decide to work it out because at first he's like you know i think i want to be back with the girl he throws her and basically the audience for a loop because a loop T loop because he keeps going back and forth about whether or not he wants to be with her or if he wants to go back and be with the other girl. It's a bunch of like, oh, you know, I don't want no other man raising my son. And then it's like, you complete me. You know, I feel like I'm getting closer to you. I lo- I've, I'm so attracted to your spirituality. I feel like we're closer now. Obviously getting the poom poom wet so that they can go back to the room and do it again. Doing it and doing it and doing it. Wow. So the whole time they they freaking off with each other unprotected. She thought she was that she might have been pregnant at one point. You saw that in the last episode, but she said she got her period. So I have put that that concept to rest that she's gonna get pregnant. I I officially let it go. But way in the back of my head, I still like low-key am like open to possibly her but the disrespect you want to continue Kel with the disrespect the disrespect is just at an all time high and the last episode the last episode <laughs> that came on last week so on last week's episode <laughs> I, I started to get like <laughs> maybe it's like okay 
maybe he's going to, you know, maybe, no. <laughs> like, I tried, I kept, and let me, let me, before I even get into this, I had a whole argument with a close friend of mine, like a real good, 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 good girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was mad as shit at our argument because she was rallying for Chris. Like, y'all just don't understand. Da, 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 da. You put in your experiences. I was like, sis, I never had that experience ever in my life, nor will I ever. So, <laughs> it was like a thing. And I was just like, how do you not see this? Like, what, and- was, what was their um, argument, I guess? That people don't really understand him. Huh? And- <laughs> Wait. I don't understand. He's a really good guy at heart. It's just that, you know, it's the way that they're filming it. I feel like, you know, like people just need to see the real, who the real um, Chris is. And I was like, he showed who he is multiple times Mm -hmm. before he even met Paige. When he fucking whispering in her ear. All right, let me not get ahead. Multiple times. Go ahead. ahead. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm sorry. I was was mad. He's a fucking manipulator. And then yeah. there's no amount of camera um, special stuff that you can do to show what he was doing. The fact that he was getting angry at everybody because, first of all, they were sicing it. That part was like, I don't think it was sized in the sense of like the well-being that the girls are looking for for, for Paige. Um, but uh, yeah, of course, like they, they were sticking their nose into their business and being over. Uh, but I don't know. Still, but I don't still, know. He took it to the old girl with the brown hair that parties too much. She took it too far, and he took it too. He took it way too far. Trying to fight. What you trying to fight for? What? What? What is the point? Ain't nobody trying to fight you. Will you relax? You talking about ain't gonna be no kumbaya. Like nobody thinking about you that much. Like first of all, they think about Paige. You salt because nobody cares about you. Well, that's you. That's you that decided to have a child with somebody else. Okay, so yeah, you should have known when you decide to share that information with the party. That's that's the key. You decided to share that information with the party, so you can't get mad when they got opinions off of something mm-hmm. that you decide to share with the group. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Mm-hmm extra pissy but anyway go ahead with the the last episode so anyway on the last episode um (laughs) things get a little bit heated (laughs) (laughs) um some people some of the crew members get drunk they're having a good time you know they're in their feelings so when you're when you're inebriated you you tend to to be a little extra first of all you you forgot to say that them niggas didn't even come home together on the same flight oh yeah well, well, I'm still going on the Vegas part right now. They're still oh, okay. On okay. Part. Mm-hmm. So, um, before the flight. They home. got inebriated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, they get inebriated. This is like their last night in, um, where was it? Vegas? Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, they were their last night in Vegas or whatever. They're all at the dinner table. Did you go over this part already? No, when they got in the fight. Yeah. Okay, barely, barely, barely. Okay, barely. Yeah. I skimmed over it. So they get into this fight and Paige is Paige, first before they get into the fight, um, he apologizes to half of the group because uh, yeah. one of the couples wasn't um there. There yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that couple wasn't there yet. So they didn't and that's one of the couples that does the most out of them all. <laughs> that's we were just talking about the girl with the brown hair that parties too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
everybody's starting like, okay, Chris, let's give him a chance. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's like, I prayed about this. Then I'm like, okay. And then talking about how she prayed over him. and Right. Lord. Preaching. Like, yeah, grandmama, I never had nobody yes. other than my grandma to do this. Yes. Blah, blah, yes. blah. But she's and still unworthy. Like, she's still ugly, right? That was raw. Exactly. And she's she's right. She was like, I don't understand, you know, like why people so a, a miscommunication happened because when the couple finally does arrive mm-hmm. there, um <laughs> they didn't hear the apologies that so they missed it. So they came in. He was like, So I just want to say something. I just want to, you know, clear the air, like before. So everybody's like, oh shit, here we right. go. The another the the husband to the wife of one of the other couples that they was beefing mm-hmm. with was like, wait, but well, wait, before you go, because I think yeah. I know what you're going to say, and I know what <laughs> you're going to say. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. Trying to defuse the situation or whatever the case may be, and you know, he just feels like he gonna air out all his shit. He was like, well, you cross the boundaries of my wife. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so Chris was like, yeah, let's talk about it. And you know, it's about to get real when people start moving condiments and glasses. <laughs> So, you know, he's moving, clearing the table. So, yeah. So, so what you're saying is, you know, and then going, you know, so it gets heated. Why are you, you know, one person gets up, it? the other person's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing, buddy? What are you doing, pal? <laughs> you know, they're on that, right, right. on that tip or whatever. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. So they, they never actually had the altercation. Right. His wife is mad because, well, Paige is mad because. Um, Chris is bad. She feels like the other couple did the most and that everybody's trying to portray him in this light and this is this not who he is. He's a really good person, blah, blah, blah. The person that we don't see, I guess he only does this without the microphones on, without the cameras around, supposedly. Bunny ears up. So that happens. <laughs> right. That happens. The next morning, there, it's time for them to leave. So they're packing up their stuff in the hotel and they're just having a conversation and he's randomly was like, you know, I was thinking about, you know, she was like, are you thinking about getting back with your ex? I forgot how the conversation started. Yeah. You know how they probably, they probably seeded the conversation to producers or whatever. Right. So ask him if he wants to get back with his ex again. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then he was like, yeah, that thought crossed my mind. And she like pauses for a second and then, she just keeps packing like everything is normal and doesn't say anything, doesn't go further. For me, for me, if not anything else, because I know he took her on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. But for me, if not any other time before, I probably would have been left before that. Like as soon as you start trying to demean me, talking about I'm ugly. But, I mean, he didn't say the words ugly, but you're not who I'm usually attracted to. Man, let me, let me pack my bags because I know plenty of other niggas that's attracted to me. So, peace, okay? Right. But if Drake said that to me and then said, I mean, yeah, I'm, I think I might try to get back with her. I still love her. Hey, yo, watch out. Let me get my bag. Because what I'm not about to do is get back on this roller coaster again. For the rest of this relationship. Nah, I'm going to get off this roller coaster right now. Let me get my parachute and drop. <laughs> because well, you not because what you're setting the stage for is manipulation and games. That's what you exactly. set the stage for. And no, no. But you know what, though? Before we even continue, we have to remember or what we have to call out is that Paige is 26. And he's only 27. Yeah. And I mean, that's grown. That is grown. But like, 
I feel like that's that time period where we get that false idea or concept that, ooh, this is when I should be like Married. in a relationship mm-hmm. that's going to lead to marriage. Because mm-hmm. they're really young to be getting married, in my opinion. But go ahead. So, you know, they pack up their stuff. They leave. They they leave Vegas or whatever the case may be. He does not go home with her to the new, to, to the new spot. That's what I'm like. But, Watch out. I'm out. Like, so no, then you don't even come home with me. You go to the whole house. Right. Ah, so please. then he calls her and tells her, well, no, he doesn't call her. He comes over to the house. He comes over to the house. He doesn't want to be filmed on camera. He turns off the microphones. Um, but he tells her basically that um, he wants a divorce and that he yeah, thinks he it's best that he wants to get back with his ex. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to waste your time, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's going to be best for both of us. And I'm for that, I respect. Right. For that I was, second. I was annoyed, but I, I yes. Okay, so let's end it. No, yeah. it's not no. over. It's not no. over, y'all. So, and the only reason why it's not over is because we're on camera now. And there's other people around and there's people who are supposed to be evaluating and kind of helping guide you, your relationship. So you don't want to look bad in front of them. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, yeah, um, I don't know, because I thought that was best. I don't want to look like an asshole, quote unquote, basically, you know, so I'm just like, so yeah, I think we should get the divorce. So <laughs> she goes off on the phone. She goes up the phone. She's pissed. She's yeah. like cursing them out, like, I'm done. Da, da, da. So I was happy. I was like, yes. Finally. Yeah, you saw that and side of her. Yeah. Finally, finally let it out. Yeah. She's been so temper, not temperamental, but she's timid. Been, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was being real timid and meek. So Pastor Kyle comes over and he's like, how you doing? She's by herself at this point still. He was like, well, is Chris coming? She was like, I don't even know. Like, she's <laughs> on that I don't care energy, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hold on to that thought. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going over everything that has occurred. And now you know if a if a pastor has to cuss, mm-hmm. you, you fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm a pastor, but you know, that's bullshit. <laughs> And I was, I was like young, dying inside, like, yo. Right. And he right. was like basically saying, not to her, but he was like, this is the one marriage I do not want to work. Like, yeah. I don't want this marriage to work. Like, no. She's like, you should have a tooth and nail for them, but nah, this this is one I do not support. At all. Meanwhile, this nigga, Chris, walks in. Well, no, nah, I'll let you finish the story. Yeah. So Chris walks in. No, go ahead, because then I'm a, I'm gonna tell the the tea that I got. Okay, yes. Go ahead. So Chris walks in, and he walks in midway through their little session, which I'm like, I know the producers were in on that, you know. So he walks in midway through the session. He bullshitting the whole time in the interview, in the conversation between Pastor Cal Page and him, and. He, does, he says he didn't think about her feelings and all this. It was just basically showing how much of a narcissist he is. In the end, Pastor Cal says what Kel just said, that he doesn't want to be involved. or like, I mean, that he doesn't want to support this marriage or whatever. And he says, good luck, brother. You know, good luck to both of them. He says he agrees that they, sh- you know, basically should get the divorce. He leaves. I, when I saw that camera lingering, I was like, I just sighed a deep sigh, like, it's more fuckery to 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 ensue. I was like, she's about to fuck him. <laughs> she's sitting there 
And you know what? I've seen this before. I've seen this in myself before when a guy kind of told you they didn't want to, you know, or showed you. I never had a guy tell me that something, but I've had a guy non-verbally show me that they weren't shit. And then as soon as they, you know, like, or the ghosting, I've been ghosted or whatever. So a guy could ghost me back in the day. And if I really was into them or hooked to them and then they magically pop up, then I might be like, you know, I might be mad, but I might just be like trying to get them to feed me what I want to hear or whatever. And I, and I let them do it. That's basically what I saw happening right there with her. She sat on that damn couch and she's like, so what's up or whatever. First of all, ain't no what's up. It's watch out. I keep saying watch out. Excuse me. Like, let me go back to the room and pack my stuff. Excuse me. You know, like this ain't no conversation anymore. It's not a conversation anymore, but clearly, you know, like I said, baby girl's 26 years old and she has low self-esteem. So he comes and he scoots on over by her and he's like, yeah, you know, kind of like saying it was nice or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And says whatever pleasantries to her. Then he leans in and whispers in her ear. Bro! <laughs> and we're talking about the same couple, y'all. They, the dude just said he wants to be with his ex. He doesn't want to be with her. None of that. He leans in and whispers in her ear. She starts smiling. I was like, yo, yo. Basically, he says that he, t- she says that he- it's, it's evil to me. It's, it's, that's what I be saying. Like, I know guys be talking or people in general be like, you know, and I'm one of the main people that say a man will only do what you allow them to do. But I feel like it's just very evil on their part to take advantage and manipulate when it's like on that level. Like you still going with it. Like you, you know, malicious. you're you malicious, malicious like with it. Like you just t- topsy turvy in this whole thing with her. Like you you just told her and Pastor Cal, you don't want to be with her. You want to be with the ex. You want to fly back, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to like hurt her. And then you go and whisper in her ear, and she tells, you know, later in her little confessional, she says that he said um he's scared of falling for her. And she falls for that. And she's like, you know, I know I look crazy. Uh, he's making me feel crazy. I just don't know anymore. Like, uh, blah, blah, blah. girl, you know, you know, you actually do know, you know. So they proceed to walk into the um, garage. And I think personally, I think this was all for the tel- for the cameras. They walk in the garage. They're looking at each other, smiling like, so what, what's, what you going to do? He says, all right, I'm going to head this way. He goes to his car. He puts his stuff in his car. He drives down the garage. She looks back and she walks in the house. The first thing I said to Dennis is, when them cameras leave, he fucking her. Yep. As soon as he... He just parked in the front. <laughs> and put the blinkers on. He parked in the front and put the blinkers on. Or either that, or she says she just came on her period. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe not that night. But once her period's over, he's if you And are she's the- probably sucking dick. She probably gave him great head. I know TMI, y'all. But she she probably, that's what I'm like. He talking, the sex is good for him. Because he could very well not be attracted to her. I don't think he's lying about that. But yeah, no, he was like that on the wedding. Well, as soon as she came out, 
you see his face drop. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Right. Right. Which, hey, it's like, oh, what did I get myself into? I'm not attracted to this person. You know, everybody has a right to feel that way. I'm not even like on that. I'm not even mad at that. I'm mad at how he's manipulating the situation. Like, let me get some free raw sex from this bomb, bodacious body that, you know, I'm not even going to attach to a human being that should be cared for. But what was your tea? Because it gets worse, y'all, once you hear the rest of the tea. Okay, so you want to say what's going to happen on the next episode, and then I can do my part. Oh, yes. So the next episode, which is premiering tonight, um, basically what's happening there is that he is going to have her page and his ex fiance sitting down on a couch talking. Why, I don't know. So here's the tea that I got. So according to Soap Dirt, um, a family member of Chris' ex-fiance said that his ex-fiance is not pregnant. The source alleged that another woman is pregnant instead. <laughs> YouTuber Janice Hilton received information from people within Chris's circle and his ex-fiance circle that the woman who's pregnant is the reason why Chris and his ex-fiance broke up. Mm. The plot thickens <laughs> even more than... At this point, this shit is... This is not even porridge, you know. Like, what's some thick ass soup that you can think of? I can't even think of grits. This is grits. This is grits. You know, this is giving me the grits that you know who people who don't know how to cook grits. Oh, not when it's creamy, but when it's like gritty. Yeah, yeah, it's thick. Yes, yeah. yes. This is those type of grits, you know. So the plot thickens, and it's rumored that Chris's ex fiance Mercedes is set to appear on the hit show. The baby mama is reportedly Mercedes' cousin. Oh my God. I didn't even know that part. Is it's his a, cousin? It's Mer- No, it's Mercedes' cousin. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, her cousin. I'm sorry. Yeah. That would have been even worse. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, it's her cousin? Yo. And at this point, you know, the drama's really intense. Paige has found herself mixed up in it. And if Chris and Mercedes broke up because of the pregnancy, that means he knew the baby was coming before the show. Right. So that timeline ain't adding up. Right, right, right. Mm. So, so as Mercedes, I don't know how you're going to sit there on the show. Like, I wonder, like, what's she going to say? Like, what would y'all possibly have to say? And we got pictures of what Mercedes looked like, so we'll be able to know who is who, unless she looks exactly like her cousin, you know. Mm, because you think, oh, they could be in on it. Yeah, like the cousin could be playing the child. Child. This, uh, I get upset watching it. Like, I, I told Dennis last time we were watching it, I was like, yo, I have to emotionally detach. And he, as a man, he was like, I don't know how you attach it. I was like, but it's wrong. It's just wrong what he's doing. And I just... I just feel for her. And I know she's a grown woman. She's, you know, able body. She she's only getting taken advantage of, but so much because she's choosing mm-hmm. to be in this situation. But it brings me back to my high school days sometimes watching that. Like, well, no, not that bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> but like, I, like, I'm not that attached to it. It's not like a, a real friend of mine, but it's just like, you know, I hate niggas. <laughs> but after a while it's like I, I, I can't even feel sorry for her it makes me hard to like empathize with her mm. at this point because it's like you had multiple reasons like you just met this man you don't know him you don't know him 
Like, Why are you this sex is really, really insane? Girl. Talking about Val. You don't got the golden dick. He don't got it. We don't know, though, Kel. We don't know. He ugly. And I, and I just feel like he ain't even going down on her. Like, I feel like she's the one going down on him. She's, like, being doing all the work. wife, you know, like, doing, all, giving him all of her, you know, everything that he could possibly want. Like, what she was saying to Pastor Cal, like, he felt like they would have a deeper connection if they had sex. Deeper connection, right? Yeah, deep is right. Deep is right, I'm sure. I'm sure, girl. Anyway, y'all check that out <laughs> on Lifetime. Um, another show that um, we'll talk about another time, just for the sake of time, on the podcast is bigger. And I want Kel. I want to give Kel a chance to to check the show out as well too. I just sent her my BET Plus information, so she'll be able when she has some free time to check it out. Hopefully, before the next um, podcast, because. That show, I'm a, I started it last night. I ended it at um I I it was like 10 episodes in total. I got to, through seven episodes. So it's not even long episodes. They're all like 30 minutes. I don't know if the final episode is an hour, but they're not long at all. So um they're really good too. So we will talk about that next time. But uh Speaking of things that we need to talk about, let's get into this talk topic. Like we said earlier, we wanted to, you know, just kick off Women's History Month in the right and light way. Um, you know, just keeping it lighthearted. And um, because, we, you know, we came out of a heavy year of 2020. Um and, you know, we just really don't, like Kel mentioned in the last, I think it was the last episode of the podcast, you know, Black History Month is usually heavy on the, you know, civil rights movement and slavery and stuff and not enough celebration of achievements of Black people. And, you know, over here is Black um, History 365. So we're going to use a lot of opportunities to talk about that stuff. So, we want to talk about um, a few women that we uh, look up to in Black history. And, um, you know, later after this, Kel will expand upon what we're going to be doing later this month with our Women In series um, that we know you guys are going to love. We're going to have some back-to-back interviews that are going to be popping ton. But I will kick it off. <clears throat> So the first lady that I want to highlight um, in women's history is Marsha P. Johnson. Now, most of y'all may not know who that is, but that is actually a Black transgender woman and an activist that was most known for her involvement um, with the Stonewall Inn riots, um, which was an uprising in 1969 against police brutality by New York City's LGBTQ community. So this essentially was what started Pride Week because it's um, Pride Week is actually highlighting the week that this happened, that these riots happened. Um, so all the way back in 1969, um, at the time it was illegal to serve openly LGBTQ people alcohol for them to dance with one another um, <clears throat> or for them to dance with one another. So you couldn't be 
you know, gay dancing with somebody else, you know, that was the same sex as you. Like it was like that bad. <laughs> so anyway, um, raids at bars occurred regularly in the summer of 1969. Police officers clashed with the patrons of the um, Manhattan Stonewall Inn, but they fought back. You know, basically, Marsha P. Johnson was like, "I'm tired of this shit," and she threw a brick through the <laughs> through the glass. And that's what started the riots. And so she went on to become a prominent voice in the fight for LGBTQ equality and was an activist during the 1980s AIDS epidemic. And um, there is a longer version of her history. Um, She was, you know, she's alleged to be killed. Um, by somebody as a hate crime, but it's kind of like an unsolved mystery, unfortunately, but at least her legacy lives on. And I've thought to bring this one up because y'all know how I feel about the LGBTQ community and how I want to deepen my allyship to that community. And I just loved hearing this story. Um, I would love to see this story be made into some kind of biopic if it hasn't already. It is. It's Um, on Netflix. Oh shit! Look at me. It's not the do- documentary, right? I seen uh, a documentary. Oh, okay, no, it's a documentary. Yeah, I think. Okay, yeah, I seen that, but I mean, like, like you know, like a not live action, but like when somebody acts as that person. Gotcha, but. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on, Celia Cruz. So Celia Cruz um, is a Black Hispanic um, from Cuba, and she is a world-renowned salsa artist. Uh, She first gained recognition in the 50s as a singer for an orchestra, um, uh, Sonora, Lord, let me say this right, Sonora, oh, that was right, okay, Sonora Mata Cancira. Yeah. Anyway, relocating to the United States after the ascent of Fidel Castro, Cruz recorded 23 gold records with Tito Puente, which she had a lot of different albums with Celia and Tito. Um, Celia and Willie was another one that she was. uh, I can't remember the guy's last name, but Celia and Willie, all albums were big in my house. (laughs) Um, But uh, she had a lot of collaborators, as I just said. and. I highlighted her as one of the um, Black figures. I highlighted her because she's one of the first Black figures in the Latin music movement um, to embrace and celebrate Black beauty in a rather whitewashed (laughs) um, musical industry. And... um, you know, if there wasn't people like her, you didn't have, you won't have people like Amara La Negra. And Amara La, La Negra always uh, brings up Celia Cruz as somebody that was a figure for her to love her own blackness. And um, Celia Cruz looks like my grandma, who's from Panama. Uh, <laughs> uh, God rest her soul. We just celebrate, not celebrated, but we just acknowledged her uh, passing of six years. Kel, can you believe it's been six years? I know. Six years since my grandma passed on the 28th, the last day of Black History Month. Um, but she always reminded me of my grandma. And as a daughter of Black Hispanics, I found it really, daughter and granddaughter of Black Hispanics from Panama, I found it really dope to see that on TV and in music. So La Negra Tene Tumbao. She passed away in New Jersey in 2003 at the age of 77. She definitely lived a full life and made quite an impact. And lastly, hmm? 
I say yes, legacies. Yes, legacy. Yes. Angela Davis. A lot of y'all know who that is. Uh, most of y'all should know who that is. You know, she is one of the most famous Black Panthers that, that there is. Her full name is Angela Yvonne Davis. And um, she was also a philosopher and academic and author. Um, I love her because she... Oh, let me finish. She is now currently a professor at the University of California in Santa Cruz. Um, And she also has a daughter in fashion. Um, And let me find her daughter's name because I always forget what her daughter's name is. Uh, But let me go look for it real quick. But her daughter has made waves in the fashion industry. And I just love that she was able to you know, she didn't expect her daughter to do exactly what she did. Um, but in her own way, because of how who she is to the world, and I'm sure the teachings that she instilled in her own daughter, she was able to, I think her name is Michaela. I don't know why it's not coming up here. Lord. That's familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm a <laughs> Angela Davis daughter. Okay. Here we go. Oh, okay. Is it Michaela Angela Davis? Is that who it is? Let me look that up. Because am I tripping and that's not... I'm pretty sure that's Angela Davis' daughter, y'all. Hold up. No, I think you're right. Okay. I think you're right. Oh, Oh. (laughs) and I'll send you the link so you can see who I'm talking about, Kel. Because um, you've seen this woman plenty of times before. I'm going to send it in the chat um, when the chat finally pops up. But... Basically, you know, Angela, um, Michaela Angela Davis is a big image activist and in the fashion industry and just music and all of that in general. But, um, you know, Angela Davis represented us blacks very well. She was a light skinned black woman that wasn't about that on that bullshit time with, um, you know, trying to size that and be like she was better than anybody else. She was always fighting a good fight. And she had a gap and she wore it proudly. She still has her gap. And, you know, as a gap sister, even though mine is mostly closed in, thanks to Invisalign, um, you know, that was just another form of beauty that really was important to me growing up. And I have been called by ex-boyfriends and ex-boyfriends' families, uh, Black Fist, Angela Davis before because of how I wasn't into that light skin bullshit. <laughs> so, you know, I have a special love for Angela Davis because of that. And my last person, oh, you was going to say something, Kel? Uh-uh. My last person, and I don't know why he won't let me send it to me, so I'll, I'll just text it to you. Um, the uh, Michaela Angela Davis lit girl, but anyway, my last person is Bevy Smith. Miss Bevy Smith is an American television personality and businesswoman. Um, she has quite the history in the hip hop community. As oh, of course, now it pops up. Lord, the chat. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah, um, <clears throat> she is quite the heavyweight in the community, in the hip hop community. Um, but she represented, of course, again, being a black um, presenting woman that was full figured and still had everybody trying to chase her down. She also uh, 
was a celebrate celebrator of the LGBTQ community long before it was a popular thing to do. And she also is someone that is big on starting over. Uh, she started her career over in like her mid late thirties, which is why I can't wait to read her book to really hear the full story of how she went about doing that. But um, it's really inspiring to me. And my cousin Carla was one of those people that told me about Bevy Smith when I was feeling like in my late twenties, I want to say that, oh, I, I can never do this or go into this field or this career because, you know, it's too late. I had to do that when I was in college. And I, throughout college, I started to create that narrative in my head that it's too late, it's too late. And she would always talk about how Bevy Smith started late and it was okay. And if she didn't start late, she wouldn't be where she is now. And that's one of Bevy Smith's biggest thing is like, it gets better as you get older. Life gets better. So Yeah, because you're more wiser. So you you know what to take, what to not to take. You make better sound decisions. Um, it's always gonna be a struggle, but mm-hmm. it would be a different less of a struggle, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. just have more sound mind and experience. Mm-hmm. Make wiser decisions. And you probably do the things that you really want to do because you really want to do it. You don't do it because you saw somebody else doing this. Like when you choose to like switch up in your late thirties, you really passionate about that shit. Yeah. You're more intentional. Yeah. You're more intentional and you're more dedicated for sure. So who is your list, Kel? What's on your list? Yeah. So the first person on my list is represented for the millennials out there, the black millennials. It is Joe Issa Rae Dio, Dio <laughs> a.k.a. Issa Rae. Um, mm-hmm. Issa Rae is an American actress, writer, and producer. Okay. Sis has first garnered a lot of attention with her work on YouTube, with her um, web series called Awkward Black Girl. Y'all know it's all of us out here. It's Awkward Black Girls. Everybody has a little bit inside of them. Not but- all the people. I saw somebody that we both know who who said she was an awkward black girl. And I was like, you know, not all of y'all are awkward. <laughs> not all of y'all are like even me just talking right now I'm awkward but like yeah not all of y'all are awkward but I'll text you who that was I'll put it in the chat um who said she's she's awkward and it's like girl you ain't no awkward you know you definitely a hot girl so don't even start you see who I'm talking about <laughs> all y'all want to claim to be awkward because it's popping now but anyway I'm sorry to interrupt yes <laughs> I'm not even gonna. Um, I'm not even gonna uh, talk on that one. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, you always been popular. Please, she is also the co- was overweight. <laughs> anywho, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue. As if I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. Cut the shit. shit. Anyway. Yes, Issa Rae is also widely known for her being the creator and co-writer of the HBO television series Insecure. She has um, been nominated multiple times for Golden Globe Awards and Primetime Emmy Awards. And I feel like um, what relates the most to me with Issa is she shows women like me who are awkward, but still can like have fun. Like I don't have to portray or be another person. Like 
when I found myself with my group of friends, she reminds me of like, oh, this is the type of friends that I have. Like, it was a reflection of my story. So I felt seen. I felt represented in the community by, you know, her shows, her series, and the things that she's went through. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So shout out to Issa. My second person is from the DMV. It's Abel in Brooklyn's own Demetria oh, Lucas. Yes. yes, Demetria Lucas. Um, they have they call her the Black Carrie Bradshaw, according to the Washington Post. Um, I yes. agree. I agree. Yes, I agree too. I agree too. She's an award-winning author, journalist, and media personality with all-consuming obsession with modern relationships and a penchant for cultural commentary. So you guys have probably seen her on Good Morning News, um, Good Morning America, MSNBC, HLN. I think she was on CNN one time too. And she also yeah. has a weekly, twice weekly now, okay, y'all, mm-hmm. podcast, Ratchet and Respectable. Make sure y'all support Black businesses and buy her merch, etc. And yeah. now she has even topped that with all of her um, two books is now is a movie. One of her books is a movie. Just premiered last, was it yesterday? No, it the was, day before uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was Sunday. Sunday, yes. Just premiered Did Sunday. You no, girl, y'all. No. Okay, I gotta we'll talk about that next, epi- next week. To finish loading. But yes. <laughs> so yes, Demetria is so bomb and she's from the DMV. So I, she makes it even more realistic to live the life. Like she gives me the class vibe. She gives yeah. me, she's the bougie part of me that I want to be. <laughs> you know, so shout out to you, Demetria. And keep yeah. doing what you're going. And last but not least is Angela Rye. Angela Rada is my girl, okay? She is an American attorney and the principal and CEO at, of Impact Strategies. She's a political advocacy firm in Washington, D.C. She's a liber- liberal pol- political commentator on CNN and NPR as a political analyst. I love Angela because when I, I want to... Be- I, know, I think I know why. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, like I find myself to be in these situations a lot and I don't know how to necessarily address. Yeah, I knew just she has like the perfect clapbacks. Yes. So classy and forms. She's (laughs) educated. She is a sister and she's not gonna take your shit. Yes. So I appreciate her. I love her and I respect everything that she's doing. Um, and she's just, it's good to see women in power. So shout out to Angela Rye. So those yeah. are my women that I am rooting for. <laughs> yes. Well, from there, I guess we can get into our philanthropy highlight. Get up, get out and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out and get something. Cause you and I got to do for you and I. So for this week's philanthropy highlight is the Tory Burch Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization empowering women, is bringing together leaders, activists, and performers for an event built as the summit, challenging stereotypes and creating new norms. I love this group because it literally brings in all walks of life from political figures, from um, activists to actors to singers. And all of them come into one room to just, you know, really break the, the glass ceiling, to talk about women in leadership, to talk about being brave, to talk about being ambitious. Like that, they have a whole campaign that they're doing. And I'm going to try to see if we can post it on our, um, post a video link to our 
Instagram account. So you don't see it. But they have a whole um, public service announcement that they're talking about, you know, just women being empowered and, and, you know, just breaking the new norms and, you know, setting our seat, like setting the um, trail ablaze for other people to come in. So I absolutely love this group. I'm trying to see. I will definitely post all the information on our webs, on our, um, on our Instagram, but Tori Birch is the executive chairman and the chief creative officer of Tori, Tori Birch, an American lifestyle brand and a founder of Tori, Tori Birch Foundation. So um, her partnerships with Gloria Steinman, which is a writer and a political advocate, advocate and a feminist organizer. So I'm just so excited for the things that they are putting yes, together Tori with Tori Birch Foundation. Um, check it out on our IG. Yes, Tori Birch. And I love your bag still and your yep. shoes, girl, even though I can't afford them right now. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to butt up against yours or dovetail, as mm-hmm. they like to say in the corporate America, uh, <laughs> with your fi- uh, philanthropy highlight and talk about something that's more like community based um, and good, just good for the black girl soul. Uh there is a calendar out there for us ladies. There is a calendar called Black Girl Holidays. Black Girl Holidays is a movement that celebrates black womanhood and our global contrib- and our global contributions. 365 a day. <laughs> Not a day. A year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is a content calendar, to be more plain and simple. A content calendar that lists 450 plus Black women-related events, milestones, birthdays, coloring pages, etc. for every day of the year. Listeners can get their own um, on the website at www.blackgirlholidays.com. I'm trying to see if we can, you know, connect. I'm trying to connect with them because, you know, I love coloring um, and not the coloring that me and Kel talk about sometimes. Well, I like that, too. Love that, too, occasionally. But no, I love like adult coloring books and stuff like that. And I really want to love to support black women. But I also um, think it's so dope for content purposes that they have holidays, holidays, everything from um, our Madam Vice President. Uh, Kamala Harris being listed as the first female black vice president uh, to be in the White House to uh, the day that Fantasia uh, won American Idol. You know, yes. like from that to that. And it's, it's like a really, from what I hear, a really good um, use of uh, making a content calendar just to create more content for your brand if you're in that type of field of work, which we both are. So I think it's definitely something to invest in. Um, It looks like I'm going to click the buy now. Oh, well, I'll find it. Let me see if I put my email. Do, 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 do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here it is. Okay. So, okay, so it is an investment. You can get a physical copy or you can get a digital download. The digital download is 35 and the um, physical copy is $40.99. And then there's also a content inspo guide that's only $1.99. So, you know, there's something for everybody's budget in here. Uh, looks like she even has like influencers like our girl Jackie Ina in yeah. some of the images. So, like, and of course, Joisa, like you just mentioned oh. her earlier. Um, and so I just, I can't wait to get mine. I want to get a copy of it. Um, 
I want to get Kel a copy of it too. That one too, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I think it's such a dope piece that they put together and I don't mind supporting, you know, some people may be like, oh, that's what calendar. But the fact that there's so much that's put into it as far as like coloring pieces, they even got like a video so you can see what it looks like on the inside, but I won't play it right now. But, you know, like we love this stuff with planners and shit in general. Uh, so that's like our swag, me and Kel. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely right up our alley too. So, um, you know, shout out to Black Girl Holiday because we need a holiday episode often. So. Okay. Dedicated and, to Yes. With all that said, we're going to get religious on y'all. So let's go on ahead to the last call. I'd like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Okay, this week for our last call, um, I've been hearing a lot of messages saying to worry about nothing, pray about everything. And that is what I want to share with y'all. I heard a nice message this past weekend about um, how, you know, I can't remember the name of the script, the, the actual scripture um title but it was the scripture about when um jesus is basically saying if or someone is saying how jesus or god can provide for the birds in the sky why don't you think he could provide for you yeah i think i was on romans <laughs> okay i just needed to you know pk right here pk <laughs> <laughs> Preacher's kid over here. I knew she would know, but um, Dennis would know too because he's a PK as well. But <laughs> uh, I just needed to hear that this week. I'm gonna be real with y'all because I, I just was feeling like it wasn't. You know how you get numb after a while. Mm. Like I just felt very, very numb about my finances and just my my current situation and trying to figure that whole thing out. And it's like you know when you have talents and it's just like God. Ah, what what am I supposed to be doing with this? Do you want me to go in this direction or do you want me to go in that direction? Like, I don't know. And then I just need the energy to go in either one of the directions. So I, I did really gravitate towards that message because I prayed to him and it had been a while since in full disclosure, even during Lent, it had been a while since I took the time to actually say a prayer. And I was like, Lord, we need money. You know, like straight up, I'm gonna be fully transparent with y'all. I was like, we need money. Uh, it's it's just to a point now where I'm just like, well, I I gotta call on you, and I should have been called on you, like had this like personal conversation with you mm-hmm. in the closet. But you know, you know how to bring us to you. So now I'm here in the closet with you, and <laughs> I just need you to. Okay, I wasn't in the closet. I was on my knees by the bed. But, but we get the point. We get the point. Yes. <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, we need you. You know the goals that we have in mind. Because it's not even like we're not comfortable, but it's just like I, I have goals. We have goals. And in order to achieve those goals, part of achieving that is a little more income coming in. And so I, I said that, 
And then every, I go to different little things. I go to the Bible app. I go to um, Daily Word. I go to Ron Carpenter and um, all three of those, it wasn't even supposed to be like the same message, but they all was about basically worrying about nothing and praying about everything in their own different ways. And I was like, wow. Confirmation. To three, and then three is a special number. Mm-hmm. So it was three different for the devotionals around Lent to be about that. And that's actually where I saw the scripture about when he provides for the the birds in the skies. Why don't you believe he can provide for you too? That's at, that was in the devotionals on the Bible.com website. So it just was it resonated with me. And I hope it can resonate with someone out there who may be feeling a little lost or feeling like you're not being heard. I do highly recommend setting aside real time to have a real conversation with God and be real with him. And he'll answer you in in your own special way. That's the way that I know he speaks to me. He speaks to me through dreams and through showing me stuff in my face, like where it's undeniable, like that I read to Mm -hmm. confirm. So that's it. That's my last call, y'all. Um, Until next time, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at um, and Facebook at Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. Yes. On Twitter at uh, CCC Vibes. Vibes. Oh, yeah. We ain't talk about D'Angelo, y'all. Our bad. I mean, if you was there, you 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 know you wasn't square. Okay. <laughs> we saw the vibes. We saw the vibes. It was we saw the vibes. vibes. Uh, you know, it wasn't nothing to write home about. My boo, Raphael, was not there, so... Uh, <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> but I still enjoyed the DJ. Most of all, the DJ was freaking lit. DJ Scratch, I need you to DJ my wedding when that happened in 2036. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the way COVID going, it's like, nah. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, CCC vibes. Um, we definitely tweeted about um, Don't Waste Your Pretty as well. So we had a quite an eventful Twitter weekend this past weekend. Indeed. Um, and visit our website as always to get your merch. Um www. Uh, I was gonna say yeah that's at cupcakes and conversations.com. I thought it was something else. What else is it gonna be Anna? Uh, <laughs> have, um you know we are Working on completing the card game. We will have that coming. We will have that available as soon as possible. You know, we'll announce it here and on Instagram first and then trickle down everywhere else. Uh, Is there anything else coming up? Oh, did you, did we talk about next? No, we didn't. didn't. Okay. So yes, real quickly before we end and. Uh, we have some great things in store for you guys for Women's History Month. We are doing a Women In series, and we're going to kick things off with one of our good, good girlfriends, um, Cult Classic. She has been a part of our panel discussions that we had. She has, I feel like she's been on the show before as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we, we About love Cult. About 90 work date. Mm-hmm. Yes. About 90 minutes. Met her as one of our, um, what was that thing called that we did last year? Oh, man. Because we did one with um, our traveling nurse homegirl, Portia. Oh, yeah. I forgot what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, We're trash. 
Yeah, I know. But you can always find us on YouTube. It's on our IGTV, our little um, happy hours, whatever they were called. Cheers. 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 Yes, I knew it was That's a C. What it was. could be related to happy is cheers. It's cheers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> series that we did um, last year at the top of the pandemic. Um, they were like, I think our first guests. Um, yeah. And it worked it. And um, so you'll learn more about that um, next week. But yes. Yeah. So we have Cult Classic. And then after Cult Classic, we will be sitting down with Alicia Wallace, who is an executive at AARP um, and she works in Disrupt Aging, one of their initiatives that's bridging the gap between millennials, not even just millennials, it's just a bridging the intergenerational gap and just of course, she's going to highlight millennials because that's what she is um, and just talking through you know, our concerns and just like where it's not just about us anymore. Like we always talk about. Mm-hmm. So she's, she comes from that world and working in that nonprofit philanthropy sector. So we're going to be highlighting her work in philanthropy. Cause you know, we all about philanthropy. Yes. And then we're going to end everything off with our women in fitness featuring one of our good girlfriends as well. We love to work out with her. If you have never done a Zumba workout with Nay, you do not know what you're missing. I'm yeah, you don't know you. Zumba until you do Zumba with Nay. With Nay. Like, and she makes it so fun. Like, she doesn't make, she makes it feel like you're not even working out. But yes, Nay is a licensed Zumba fitness instructor and certified personal trainer for t- 10 years, y'all. Yes. She knows what she's doing. Yes. And she definitely has enough energy for you and her whole class. Mm-hmm. So be prepared, have your water, and when yes. you get home, put your icy hat on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to soak in some Epsom salt, but it's fun. It's it not fun. like, oh my God, I'm dying. It's like yes. afterwards, you're like, oh, I really went hard because I yes. was having so much fun. Yeah, uh, the music picks are always good. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. always want to have It don't be just salsa, y'all. It be like, you could do it, put your back into it. I'm not lying either. She legit does that song. Okay? <laughs> it is fun. So hopefully we'll we'll see if she wants to like slide this little extra class or something. Anyway, <laughs> with that, y'all, we're gonna peace out because we got a jam-packed month for you guys and we gotta continue to prep for that. So until next week, y'all, peace out. Ow. It's a vibe.